Hello and welcome everyone to The Thick of It, a media review podcast. And I say media review podcast, notice that. Because this is not just movies, it's not just games, it's not just TV, it's everything. Media review. I mean, obviously we're not going to like review toys or some shit, but... I don't want to do music. This ain't Ryan's toys reviews. Yeah, we're reviewing Facebook videos because it's a form of media. (laughs) I actually thought at one point in time, I was like, what if we actually reviewed, like, fucking videos and shit like that, like YouTube videos? Uh, But this is actually kind of, I mean, it's not necessarily special, but it's different in a way. So this is heavily inspired by uh, Kind of Funny's In Review, but instead of doing it the way that they do it, which is they choose a specific franchise and review the whole thing, what we are going to do is we have seasons that follow a specific theme, and we actually choose movies or videos or something like that to follow that theme. This and our first ever uh, actual season is the season of Mark Wahlberg. Now, I understand Mark Wahlberg doesn't sound like a theme, but trust me, it is because we're going to be going down a top 10 list of Mark Wahlberg's best movies. And no, we are not going to be, I guess, going down the list. We are going to be making the definitive list of top 10 Mark Wahlberg movies. Okay. Definitive. Like, that's it. After this, (laughs) there's no more. Thank God we're not reviewing his music career. It doesn't matter. (laughs) It doesn't matter if more come out in the future. This is it. (laughs) <laughs> no movie can be better than the movie we're about to review. So today's mm. review is for Spencer Confidential. It's on Netflix. Anybody can watch it as long as you have a Netflix subscription. It stars Malk Wahlberg, Winston Duke, um, and other people. I don't know if you can necessarily say Post Malone is stars in it, because he fucking sucks. So it was the entire movie. What are you talking about? <laughs> it's his Post Malone's hate- movie starring Mark Wahlberg. I'll, I'll tell you right now, Mark Wahlberg <laughs> was the worst part of this. <laughs> so no, before we get in to our oh, we'll plot breakdown we're gonna have an intricate plot breakdown once again heavily inspired by kind of funnies in review let's talk about our brief thoughts on the movie but first i'd like to introduce myself von hyde i'm one of your hosts alongside chase hopkins say hi chase what's going on i said say hi i don't know why he fucking said that and then we've got avery varella last name varella uh first name avery uh hi <laughs> That was the most awkward way you could have done that. And I'm Chase Hopkins, boy. ESPN. <laughs> so let's talk about our brief <laughs> thoughts on this movie. Chase seems to be the spiciest. How do you I, feel about this movie? I think it's absolutely horrible. Awesome. I'm because, so excited. Uh, let me get the, the main reason out is because like when it shows us at first, he's like a beat cop or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. And then after he gets out of prison homeboy is dominic toretto style detective like (laughs) yeah he's the best detective ever he's literally the only person other than hawk that gives exposition he like is sitting there in his truck driving school not paying attention at all which i'm like great job dude which is the weirdest truck driving the weirdest side plot like what yeah i feel like they honestly only did that so they can have that black beauty moment which was awesome. I'll, I'll give it, was, it that. It was pretty good. Really? I'm going to talk so much shit about that. It's so fucking dope. <laughs> <laughs> so, Avery, Cliff Notes thoughts on this movie. How do you feel? Okay, so I woke up early to watch this movie another time. Another one. And then a ha- about another halfway through. I like it. I really enjoy it. It's it's awesome. Really? You I, I really like it. Like I like one don't... and a half times and you like it? I, I legitimately like it. I don't know uh, if it's it's 
I don't know. I just really like it. I predicted the ending before I, like, ten minutes in, I'm like, I know it's going to happen. And I still liked it. Oh, yeah. It's not that, it's not that hard to guess. <laughs> so cliche. So, real quick. It's the cliche of cliche. It's like a super shitty 21 Bridges. <laughs> so, before we get further into this, you guys want to just pull up your audacity real quick and make sure it's recording? Yeah, yep. mine is. Mine's recording. I'm at four Yours minutes is? and 20-something seconds. Yeah, I'm pushing Yours good, Avery? Okay, cool. I just want to make sure. I'm going to edit this part out. Okay, so let's get into the thick of it. Now, this is our plot rundown of Spencer Confidential. I'm so not excited to do this. I took four pages of notes, and I watched this movie before. I had to watch this movie again to do this. And I don't know how Avery made it through twice because I could barely do it. So good. I barely made it through once. Let's just say I started <laughs> at 1.30 in the morning last night. I paused at like two in the morning. I went to sleep and I woke up and I was not excited to wake up. That's basically what I did too. I paused it last night because I was like, I don't know if I can keep watching this movie right now. And then I watched like four episodes of The Office, went to bed, woke up, and I was like, I fucking hate that I have to continue this movie. <laughs> I just played the Switch like two two a.m. Went to sleep, woke up at four. I was like, damn, I'm tired. Pounded an energy drink. Was like, gotta watch this movie. Let's get to it get into that and you watch it fucking twice Hell okay yeah. so spencer confidential has a runtime of an hour and 51 minutes it's directed by peter berg now if you don't know who peter berg is he also directed uh several of mark Wahlberg's other movies including lone survivor and the little known hit will smith's hancock now i understand that some <laughs> people don't like it now i'm gonna say that's a good movie i actually do enjoy that movie what hancock? maybe we need to do thing. yeah go Rot ahead rotten tomatoes has a 38 per has a 38% for the tomato meter and a 58 audience score. I don't believe either of them. It needs to be lower on both. Yeah, it needs to be much lower. Avery went in there and just did a bunch of, like, fucking great reviews for it to bump it up to 50-some on. It wasn't my fault. The reviews were bad. Gotta bump them scores up, buddy. <laughs> Try to give it a fighting chance. Okay, so we open up on Boston in winter. Spar Spencer, Mark Wahlberg's character, is on his way to confront Captain Boylan, which I didn't care to actually find out who did that character because that guy is fucking stupid. About really? stonewalling. That, that guy's awesome. He was cast. You can he's tell he's the bad guy right away. Look at his face. Michael Gaston oh. is his name. Michael Gaston. Okay, he uh, Spencer goes there to co confront him about stonewalling a murder investigation. You don't really find out what exactly is said within the house, but you do see that Captain Boylan has seemingly beaten his wife, and then Spencer decides to fold that dude like an omelet. He drags him out in front of his house and whoops the shit up on him. So what I like about this scene is the overlay of his actual, like, hearing Spencer's and how in the end of it, when he's beating the shit out of him, he's like, there's one thing I could say. He deserved it. And I was like, okay, I'm going to admit that was actually kind of cool. Yeah, like my favorite that. part is that the wife was, like, defending her husband. I was like, this dude just beat the shit out of you. Like, <laughs> Yeah, she's like, get out of our house. And I was it like, what? And it never goes into the reason why he was beating the shit out of her, but, like, okay. I mean, it goes as far to, like, try to make him somewhat of a sympathetic character later, and I'm like, this is so fucking stupid. I mean, the I movie just starts guy. off on pure badassery. They just get right into it. There's no questions. Just straight up, just beating on a dude. No questions asked. <laughs> just pounding uh, on homeboy. I was like, he probably did deserve it. Let's kind of figure out why. <laughs> yeah, you... I mean... I kind of assumed that he deserved it, but yeah, yeah. The wife definitely. in the back, no, get out of here. We 
you doing here? Bro, you just got beat up. What do you... Why <laughs> Why are you trying to stop this dude from beating your husband? You know what damn uh, yeah, so that was now, kind of wild. Yeah, that was... I mean, I, I guess I understand... Um, because for, I, I don't know I, I don't know what it's like to be in an abusive relationship but from what I understand it's kind of Your meat hard does. to escape them <laughs> that it does that it does um, so then we move to five years later where we find Spencer in prison having served his sentences and now being released this is the day of but before Spencer is released a good old guy named Squeeb which is the dumbest fucking thing I was thinking about didn't pass Malone. that part I was really excited I was like please don't pass that part that's the best opening <laughs> part after the good opening of getting someone getting their ass whooped Jesus So Spencer's Christ. sitting here learning about I'm assuming the reason he's reading about cactuses is because he's planning on moving to Arizona which is it's a really stupid side plot but okay never happened um, either <laughs> Like they talked about so, it a lot but never happened yeah, they talk. Uh, there's several things that they talk about constantly, and I have it in my notes. They constantly pull up like fucking Spencer's moral code, and I'm like, I get it. Stop. And they keep just stop out, saying like, it. You're gonna go to Arizona. Why do you care so much? Like, okay, we get he has a goal in mind. Stop telling us the goal. Told us. Once. Yeah, and like stop six times. people tell him to leave town. I was like, he's obviously not going to now. Like, let's be real. So, Spencer gets attacked by multiple men, including Squeeb, who uh, basically, and this is the first time in the movie, tell him he needs to leave Boston and never come back. How did you guys feel about this fight scene? It was awesome. You're a big fan? My biggest issue is that, so I wrote this down, Spencer once again proves his prowess by kicking the shit out of three men, yet we learn an important lesson. Spencer's kryptonite is kicking. Dude doesn't know how to block a kick to save his life. Yeah. <laughs> Stop kicking me. Did you kick me? Don't kick me. Bro, what's going on? And then like, he kicks that dude in the nutsack. He's been in prison for so long. You should expect shanks, kicking, hair pulling, biting. Yeah, raping. and then, and then, Squeeb, and then Squeeb's like, gotcha. And it shows fucking shank in Mark Wahlberg's side. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, and he didn't even notice it. I'm like, that's a deep cut, dude. You're fucking... How are you not bleeding out right now? He stabbed you in the fucking kidney. Is that adrenaline, brother? You see you see Post Malone's face? I look at that face and I'm like, God, my adrenaline's rushing. He's a scary boy. Yeah, he's Homie. got all those weird fucking tattoos. He's I understand like how he really sure. looks, but... So fucking weird. So after the smoke clears, Spencer is finally released and awaiting him is his old friend Henry. Now, I love that when he's being released, he just takes the time to like heckle all these guards like as he goes to leave the one guard is like oh you're gonna be back in three months or some shit and he's like you literally said that like when i got here get some new get material, some new material. <laughs> oh yeah because yeah, like, you're unique only thing unique about you is your fingerprints he was like you said it to yeah. Last, <laughs> yeah, yeah buddy yeah. That, that was it that was it yeah that was it exactly thank you thank you Avery. Oh, that security um, guard Spencer... must have loved that part he was like yes ma i got this role in this movie i say one line <laughs> then there's that other security guard that said some weird shit about like tell my friend i fuck her or some shit like that like my cousin he's like you got a weird family <laughs> <laughs> that was the weirdest thing ever i was like why does this need to be here just to show that spencer is somewhat charismatic and is just dunking on these guards is way too long uh spencer and henry dodge his super hot gf and head to henry's house in the riviera which is henry's car comes up literally like six million times also cool they car. constantly pointed out 
Also, why is it that like only a select few people have a Boston accent? But they all live in Boston. Yeah. 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 I don't know. <laughs> it's like literally like one of the cops has a Boston accent. His girlfriend has a Boston accent, and like that's it. Okay, I don't want to say another movie here, but I I got it kind of. They just throw back to Ted. That's all it was when they made fun of like Boston's in that one segment of that movie. That's what they did here. Well, Mark Wahlberg's from Boston. I guess we'll find out Boston. eventually when we do Ted. Mark Wahlberg's from Boston, so that's why, like, every movie he's in is, like, based in Boston. He plays Mark Wahlberg in Mark Wahlberg movies. That's it. Doesn't play any Isn't other Isn't Departed in Boston as well? Honestly, we'd have no idea. I gotta be honest, I've never seen The Departed in my life. I've never seen the movie either. Yep, So place this, in Boston. <laughs> this is where we are formally introduced to Spencer's former partner, and this is when they were ri- arrived to Henry's house. Uh, his former partner Driscoll and his lady Pearl, which is an old Basset hound. So I did actually enjoy the uh, like kind of this small interaction that he has with Driscoll, and it's like, oh, Driscoll's nice. He's he's wishing him farewell and everything, but literally, like. I don't know. I hate that they put so much emphasis on the toothpick just to have it come up later. Like, I was like, stop with the fucking toothpicks, dude. Why do you always have one in your mouth? Do you have, like, an oral fixation? What is happening right now? The payoff was not worth it. When you were younger, did you ever want, like, something like that to be your thing, though? That is true. I did. I always wanted to be known for something. This guy's just known for a fucking toothpick in his face, I guess. Yeah, like... For a while, I, like, carried around a tennis ball because I was like, this is my thing. Turns out it's not my thing. I don't know why I was carrying around a tennis ball. I used to wear a hoodie. I be the tennis kid. Yeah. You used to wear a hoodie. Like, everyone <laughs> else in your school, you used to wear a hoodie. I know, like, a full-on black heavy hoodie because I was like, I'm so unique. Oh, God. I listened to my chemical romance. It was a weird time in middle school. So you were literally, like, every other angsty teenager. <laughs> but... I was unique because I thought so, but turns out you're right. It's all it takes. You think you're unique, you're unique. <laughs> okay, so we also meet Pearl, his super cute basset hound. How do you guys feel about Pearl? She shows up like three times in this, and I'm like, okay. I guess I that kind of humanizes his character. I thought the introduction to her before when uh, he was in prison, they're like, you got a lady? And he's like, yeah, I got a lady. Her name's Pearl. And they're like... Sounds like an older lady's name. He's like, yeah, she's a little bit older, but she's loyal. And then you figure out it's a dog. Yeah, she I makes thought, up for it in loyalty. Yeah, I actually thought that was cool. I, I did enjoy that as well. I was like, this is going to be a dog. He's going to show up and just be just a fat dog on the porch. And lo and behold, fat dog on the porch. You're right. The The thing I hate most about this scene, though, is the very on-the-nose dialogue where Spencer says, thank you for my very own room. I was like, who the fuck says that? That was the weirdest thing to say right then. Maybe My very like own room. Uh, I, I have no idea. Apparently, I mean, you don't find out until the end of the fucking movie that Henry is apparently like Spencer's mentor. So that's cool. Okay. Um, so Spencer is then interrupted when he like goes and lays in his bed. He's then interrupted by loud music and comes to realize that he doesn't have his own room and is in fact rooming with a massive dude named hawk played by winston duke he also walks in on him in the bathroom and i'm like what why he could have been taking a poop you don't know why you open that door <laughs> i love how he how he never even noticed the bed though that's like two feet away from yeah. his bed he lays he down, down and then after the music plays then he looks over 
And there's a bed? Yeah. It's fantastic. I guess he had just gotten out of prison, so... But you'd yeah, think, think he would, like... observational skills check. would be higher. He's in prison. Like... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's he's what a I cop. thought, too. Well, he was a cop, at least. It felt like a stereotypical, <laughs> uh, like, this might gonna be my sidekick kind of introduction. Felt really bad. Yeah, and Hawk is literally like the biggest fucking dude I've ever seen. He looks like He's a so sidekick. giant, quiet. Just... I mean, <laughs> it also kind of like it's an interesting dynamic between Mark Wahlberg and Hawk because Hawk is so much bigger than Mark Wahlberg. I'm pretty sure Mark Wahlberg is like my size. He's not that tall. And then Hawk is like fucking six foot five. He's tall as shit. It's crazy. Um. Six so five? now we begin. Like, I don't. I don't know how they did it though. Like, cause six five is tall. Yeah, but they made him seem like six nine or something. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it's mostly just because he's compared to like shorter people. Like he, there's a lot of shorter people. Like most of his scenes are never with people who are equally as big as him. He's literally the biggest person in this entire movie. Yeah. So I feel like that's probably how they did it. Uh, so now we actually begin to follow Captain Boylan on his way home from work uh, through dialogue with his daughter and wife. They try to uh, make this dickhead a sympathetic character. And I love that because it's obviously a setup. You're just like, this is going to go bad right now because of this specific scene where it shows him being somewhat of a good dad, I guess. Oh, yeah, so yeah, then totally. it was really bad. Like they were like, check this character out. Look. He's got a family. He's got people that care about him. I'm just like, dude, why couldn't you do this like earlier in the movie? Give us more of a background on him. Make us attached to him. Nope. They just threw it in real quick. Like, let's sprinkle this in here real fast. It's terrible. <laughs> yeah, he has a daughter. Um, So Boylan and his daughter's call is cut short when he's contacted by his presumed partners and is led to an ambush and then killed. How did you guys feel about this whole ambush situation? Saw it coming when he was getting beat up in the beginning. Yeah, like right when the right when he pulls in and the lights go on, I was like, "Oh, this guy's dead. Yeah. He's one hundred percent dead." I mean, I know you're doing some sketchy things, but let's try not to meet someone in the dead of night, like in a very isolated area. Especially because we find out later in the movie they're all cops. Like most of them are cops. There are a few that are like drug dealers and such, but he literally could have just met these cops at any point in time. Yeah, and if we have to admit, like, that was, they fucking executed him with machetes. That was dope. Some yeah, these guys are. It's wild. They're all fucking obsessed with machetes. <laughs> Which is also weird. And I, I love like, that later on. So, like, we actually see this scene unfold him getting murdered, but then later on, they show us the same scene from a different perspective and people say things. And I'm like, they never said anything. What? When well, did they say anything? Vaughn. That's what we call showbiz, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's. I guess that's what we call uh, production. Um, so now we actually... Okay, one thing I do hate is that they kind of just like skip through everything. They're just like, cool, Boylan's dead. Boom. Now we're with a young woman on a bus. And I was like, okay, who's that? Like, what? Um, so we've got a young wo woman. Not wog. What? <laughs> a young woman is taking the bus home and she stumbles across her husband dead in their smashed car. Uh, so and I, I said her crying question. sounds like laughter. I have another question. They're 
the bus stopped like directly in front of her house uh i'm she lives in an apartment building that like large okay. building because it's like a, a walkway up to a large white building i think yeah but they stopped right in front of her apartment building that's convenient I don't know. I guess it makes sense that a bus stop would be in front of an apartment building. I don't know. I've I've never ridden the bus other than just like school. Like, so. Yeah. It was like weird because like they kind of. I used to ride the bus all the time, and sometimes if you're lucky enough, your bus stops like right in front of your house. But what uh, kind of like threw me for a loop on this one was they just like you said they just have this lady on the bus, and then boom, she runs over, starts screaming and crying. I'm like, who are these people? Why do I care? And I was like, I really don't want to wait. Like another thirty well, minutes. I, I recognize. I recognized the vehicle, because that was the vehicle that hit him, that hit. Yeah. Bolin. I I noticed that as well. So it was it was pretty easy to notice. But then she opens it up and sees her dead husband and starts like crying. And at first, like she's like Terry, what happened to my car and all sorts of stuff. And I was like, I do who the fuck is this Terry guy? Like what? Who is he to you? Is he like your brother or anything? But you later find out she is uh, his wife and stuff. But okay, so seriously, I have to get your guys' opinion on this. Did her crying sound real or did it sound like faux laughter? I was too focused on the face. The face was yeah, like honest, what really drew my that. attention. I, I didn't pay that much attention to her crying. Oh, this is just me. Yeah, she. I guess. I don't know. She just sounded like she was laughing the whole time. So then we move on to a scene that shows something about henry that constantly comes up henry's cooking fucking hot dogs guys and apparently thinks the only form of sustenance on earth is hot dogs i don't know why he literally like the only thing he eats in this movie is fucking hot dogs uh so it's now when spencer and henry actually learn of boylan's death because they hear it uh on the news i guess uh, henry's just listening to the news while he cooks hot dogs and i like that how spencer opens up the fridge and henry's like i bought you groceries he opens it up He's like, everything on the right's hawks. And everything on the right is like normal food. And everything on the left is just 25 packages of hot dogs and a shitload of ketchup. I saw and that's that. like I, it. When I saw that, like 20 packages of hot dogs, I was like, what in the fuck is going on? <laughs> See, I, I kind of figured like with the hot dogs, because like uh, when I was younger, I used to do boxing. So I used to eat protein and you have to like pump up. And the best way to do it was like hot dogs, eggs, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, normal protein. It's just so weird that he has fucking six million packs of hot dogs. They're so easy to eat. Eat them raw, eat them cooked. Eat yeah, them and he's also cooking them with just his hands. He's like pushing them into the pan with his fingers. Probably got no I don't know why left. I found he's that so boxer, odd. Bro, he's a boxer. Gotta get them hands warm. Henry? <laughs> literally never does it say that he's a boxer. Actually, he's kind of a bitch, if I'm being honest. Well, at he the owns end of the a boxing movie. gym, so I'd assume he boxed at some point. Yeah. yeah, and then he's kind of a bitch about getting punched in the face, though. Not he's like old, that. man. He don't want to deal with like that shit. He's like 80 years old. He's got old. shit to do, brother. Not get knocked the fuck out. That's a good point. I do... I, I'll get to it when we get to it, but I do have a real issue with the way that Henry's portrayed at that point in time. Oh, but I then, um, At that exact moment, coincidentally, the police arrive and ask Spencer some questions and are total dicks. Like, Driscoll is cool... But the other guy is, like, the biggest fucking Aryan dude I've ever seen. Super white supremacist. Like, I'm pretty sure... <laughs> I, I don't know how that guy's not a fucking villain in this movie. And he was the biggest dickhead I've ever seen. I like how you point out he was he Aryan. He looked like a penis. Because that's... If you make the connection that he looked Aryan and in the beginning of the movie, Post Malone was like, Hey, got a message from you. And then that's when our guy Spencer was like, Oh, hey, how's the Aryan Brotherhood up to these days? 
So it was kind of like a... Yeah, but then that guy doesn't even end up actually being a villain. He's literally never mentioned again. Yeah, well, when he's I saw, just, like, the, the He's just partner, some dude. I was, like, assumed yeah. he was, like... I don't know. When the partner showed up again was like, Hey, buddy, give me your alibi. I don't know. His vibe, when I was watching the movie, just came off as, I'm bad guy. It did. Oh, yeah. The whole time, Driscoll, I was like... He's got some sketchy shit going on. Because even when Spencer went to Boylan's house in the beginning, Driscoll just, like, sat there. Like, okay. That's that's weird. Yeah, they, like, gave Aren't you, you supposed the to be his partner? Right yeah, they, like, gave you the tools, like, hey, check this guy out. And his side smirks. Like, really? You gotta do this? Yeah. That well, dude's I mean, just a really cops, uncomfortable character. All the cops are seemingly bad. Like, every single one, except for Terrence. Yeah, except for Terrence and Spencer. They're the only good cops in the entirety of Boston. Oh, and I guess kind of Scotty. Scotty is Terrence's partner, who is a character for two seconds. So he might be a good guy. Uh, so Spencer then goes to actually attend his truck driving classes and lays his eyes on the dope-ass semi Black Betty. I said beauty earlier. It's actually Black Betty. Um, Spencer literally pays zero attention during this class and instead jots down the dumbest fucking notes for exposition because he literally just writes down Boylan. Who killed Boylan? And then like circles it. I'm like, what? Why did you have to write that down? You, We know that. Okay. It, so, uh, yeah. I guess I do kind of write notes like that, too, where it's like I'm just putting down my thoughts on the page, and sometimes it's just, like, names, you know? I definitely do. It's just, like, this felt like... I, I do the same thing, but this felt like a really ham-fisted way to get the point across that Spencer is now intrigued by Boylan's death. I felt like it was, like, more of a push towards, like, you know, when cops run into, like, their house... Or, like, PlayStation, they got the pins on the board. It kind of gave me that kind of vibe, in a sense. Oh, yeah. It was definitely some sort of, like, murder board-esque thing. Like, because then, I mean, later on we see it as well, where he's still writing notes in the journal. But they're basically the same thing. Uh, but then we actually move on to a new scene where Spencer attends Henry's boxing gym, where Hawks is training to become the next great MMA fighter. And I put on here, Hawk totally hammer fists some dude. He fucking bashes that dude's skull in, and it's great. <laughs> he, yeah, it was... That guy's gonna kill someone if he keeps punching. Like, that's... Later in the movie, when he was still punching people, I was like, people are dead. Like, he hits you, you're dead. Uh, the, okay, there. Ah, I can't wait to get to the end of this because it bothers me so much, some of the stuff that happens. But yeah, I, I love that they just keep pointing out they're like, Hawk is a very strong dude. Well, he's a Even big if guy. technique becomes an issue, he's so strong. He's like, so big. Look how big he is. Like, no shit, he's strong. He's jacked. He's fucking 6'5. Like, he's gonna beat someone's ass. He's big, he's strong, and he's got dreads. <laughs> he's coming for that booty. Ain't no, ain't no stopping him. <laughs> I actually do have to say, I, I really enjoy, um,. Winston Duke, that's his name, right? I yeah. do actually enjoy his performance as Hawk because he seems like a good enough character. And he's got like a little bit of mystery to him, especially later on when he talks about his father, which is, I mean, I do find that a little weird that his backstory just happens to coincide so well with Spencer's backstory. 
Like, he's like, yeah, my dad died for putting his nose in other people's business. He died a hero. And I was like, so basically the plot of this movie? Okay. I think I think Hawk was the best character, in my opinion. They left a prequel. Oh, open. yeah. <laughs> Easily, Hawk is absolutely the best character. Uh, yeah. So then we established that Hawk doesn't know how to punch, even though he just hammer-fisted that fucking dude. Well, he went eight uh, but apparently, on him. He just started pounding his face with both hands. It was wild, dude. Yeah, he, he goes crazy on that guy. Um, But apparently, I put on here, but apparently loves kicking. Spencer teaches Hawk how to punch and is ambushed by his ex. Sissy, who shows up to the actual boxing rink looking for him because he still has yet to actually call or do anything with her. And the two have a heated discussion about how Spencer blows and she's a dog groomer. I love that they had to point out multiple times that she grooms dogs and she's good at it. It was so weird. Yeah, yeah. This was such a weird scene where she like walks in, and I was like, "She is really hot." And I know she's a comedian, but I actually don't find her funny in this movie at all. I think she was like, great. Very she was over times. the top for no reason. Half I, the I don't time. think, I don't think she was funny, but I think she played her character very well. True that. Yeah, she she did play it well. I just felt like I don't know. There was uh, there was supposed to be comedic moments in this movie that I felt fell so short. Like later on when she's kind of like scolding them and calling them Batman, like Robin and Alfred, I felt like that wasn't as funny as it was wait, supposed that, to that be. That didn't hit for you because that was like the only part in the movie that I actually laughed. It was pretty no, funny. I, I didn't. And, 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 like and then Hawk's like, tangent. "I ain't Robin." Yeah, it's funny. I thought it was. I funny. no, I found it funny when when uh, Hawk was like, "I ain't Robin," because it's like, of course he's not. He's the biggest fucking dude on earth. But then they're like, "Yeah, the Riviera is the Batmobile," and I was like, "I I get, the, I get what you're trying to get at, but you don't have to go this far in this weird of a way." I don't know. That's definitely just me being nitpicky at this point. No, um, it's like explaining the joke. If you say a joke and then it's like, "Ah, oh, it's funny," and then you start explaining, it, you're just like, "Okay, it's not funny now. Thanks." I feel like it probably like I my my vision of this movie might be actually tainted because this is watching it a second time. The first time I might have actually found that scene a little bit funny or I might not have because it was like in the trailer that played before the movie even started, which, OK, the trailer that actually goes on before this movie starts is kind of I don't want to say misleading, but it's a little weird because um so, you know, the scene where. Spencer goes in we'll get to it in a little bit but where Spencer goes into the eatery and gets attacked and like Hawk is just sitting in the car listening to music yeah. so when, yeah, in the trailer his yeah when Spencer's getting his ass beat for the like millionth time um in the trailer Hawk is listening to like Beethoven like Mozart or something and I was like that actually would have been really interesting if that scene played out that way. But instead, there's, like, no music at all in that scene. Yeah, it was weird. You can we'll, slightly hear something on his headphones, but not enough to be like, oh, wow, he's listening to this. Yeah, it was it was odd. So now we've got, uh, we actually, like, kind of really quickly go to a new scene where hawk is doing some weird energy shit with pearl and uh while spencer and henry watch the news and learn about a young cop who's suspected to have killed boylan which is terrence um 
What was that weird shit that fucking Hawk was doing with Pearl? He was like pushing her energy out into these stones. And I was like, I've never seen a dog lay that still. He was fighting him with that Naruto Shippuden stuff. He's like, control your inner chakra. She was so weird. (laughs) It was so weird. But then the weirdest part was Mark Wahlberg was like, that guy's weird. Like, thanks, Mark. Thanks Mark for was yeah, Spencer, watching. He was just standing there like, hmm. Spencer is constantly pointing out how weird Hawk is. And I'm like, Hawk isn't actually that weird. He's just a fully fleshed out character in a way. Like, Hawk is probably, we've already said this, but Hawk is absolutely the best character in this movie. Whereas Spencer is like, we know two things about him. We know, or actually three things. We know he loves his dog. We know he can kind of fight, but apparently can't kick. And we know that he has a strong sense of justice because they tell us every five fucking minutes. Strong sense of justice. I thought he was getting the dog ready to eat. He was like, I'm going to eat this bad boy right here, right now. I love that Hawk also has the little like stepping stool like up to his bed (laughs) that Pearl can get up in his bed. And Spencer looks over at that seat and he's like, give me my dog. He's so butthurt. He's like, give me my dog. That was also another weird fucking scene. Like, what? This movie's so fucking weird. I didn't like when he was that calling one... the dog daddy. He's like, you like daddy? Yeah, I'm your daddy, huh? And I'm like, dude, fucking stop, please. <laughs> yeah, the dynamic between, like, Hawk and Spencer is so interesting, where Spencer's obviously just so annoyed that Henry got him a roommate for the most part, that everything that Hawk does is, like, weird or irritating to Spencer. I do actually really like the dynamic between the two of them, especially because Hawk definitely makes up for, uh, for fucking Spencer's shit-ass character. Uh, so Spencer watches the footage of a young mother pleading his husband's, her husband's, I'd put his, fuck, uh, her husband's innocence and decides to begin investigating. And he then approaches uh, Terrence's wife uh, and speaks to her about her husband's connection to Boylan, who is the uh, former, now dead, police captain, or homicide captain, I believe. Um... Can we talk about how open everyone is in this movie? Yeah, how they're just totally cool with, like, talking about all this. And I'm like, you, don't you think you should be worried in some way? Yeah, like, you don't hardly know this person. Why are you talking to him? It's yeah, there's just... only actually, like, one point in this movie where she's at all skeptical of Spencer. And it happens, like, for seconds. five seconds. Yeah. Yeah, it's so quick. She's like... How do I know that you're okay? And he's like, I'm okay. I I have a strong sense of justice. And she's like, sweet, here's the wire. I like how they keep just, like, pointing out, like, he's like, yeah, I have a strong sense of du- justice. By the way, I'm the guy that beat the other guy up. Like, oh, snap, it is you. I'm like, can you just not recognize homeboy off the bat? Look at him. Just, his face is just recognizable right away off the bat. See, also- I mean, it's been five years Mark also, Spencer also, there's like two ways he's dressed this entire movie. He looks like a homeless dude that just got beat up or he's wearing like a shitty suit. Like the same suit that he only stops wearing when it's torn apart by a dog, which is comical. It's his private eye (laughs) suit. He's got to look at least somewhat professional. 
So I've got down here, uh, the cops obviously set up Terrence to take the fall for Boylan's murder and drug dealing. And uh, in this conversation, Spencer learns of Terrence's meeting with his partner the night he was murdered. So Spencer then takes a ride over to, um, I think it's called Santee? Maybe it's the Santee Bar uh, where the Popo hang out to investigate uh, Terrence's partner. Well, he he goes there to investigate Terrence's partner, but the Popo hang out there. Um, and his partner's name is Scotty Trailer. Um, so Spencer is super conspicuous the whole time and definitely walks in and ruffles some feathers with these fucking cops. And basically is just like, hey, I don't think Terrence did it. Want to meet me in the bathroom for a little, you know? Because that handy, was the handy. weirdest way. Yeah. He's been, it seems like Spencer's totally going to jerk Scotty off. So just saying. While he's roughing some feathers, like ruffling up some feathers. Now, let's take a moment to realize that he's been gone for five years. And all these people are like, hey, I know him. But earlier, nobody recognized him. Yeah, I guess these guys are cops, though. So it would kind of make sense. Especially because later it's like it's a dead giveaway because of some conversations and shit that multiple like m several of these cops are actually involved in this drug ring just like boylan was so i don't think it's too far of a leap to say that they would know who spencer was especially because he beat the shit out of their fucking captain a couple of years ago <laughs> yeah <laughs> which they're all in cahoots with yeah, yeah. It's, there's so much coincidence in this movie. It's crazy. Uh, suspe Terrence suspected Boylan of being a dirty cop, and multiple cops enter the bathroom where Spencer and Scotty are talking about Boylan being a dirty cop. And uh, Spencer begins to fight. Uh, or Spencer begins the fight strong because, of course, they get into a fight. This is basically just like, did you know Mark Wahlberg does his own stunts or some shit like that? Like so weird um spencer begins the fight strong but soon they whoop up on him and throw him out of the bar wait let's not downplay Where... this fight it's really good he kicks other dude into a sink gets thrown into a stall gets dragged out from his stall it was a wild ride that the, the dragging of the stall was to funny. stick around it's pretty funny i did find that actually pretty funny too that was, was like, a that was a good scene the floor don't do it <laughs> I do feel like they missed an opportunity because that one cop that he punches him in the face, he throws him into a urinal. Like, and they don't exactly address the fact that his face is just in a urinal. It's a fight, bro. It's <laughs> but, all for one. Just go for it. You drink a pee, doesn't matter. Fight. <laughs> uh, so, after they throw Spencer out of the bar, he just happens to see a security camera and decides to steal the footage uh spencer tries to steal the he goes to this kind of like convenience store i'm assuming and tries to steal the cable box but he doesn't understand the cloud or technology just in general which i find so weird because i'm assuming this movie was based in 2020 or 2019 so that means that he went to prison in 2014 or 2015 so i would I, I'm my mind is a little bit fuzzy, but I feel like the majority of this technology existed when he went to prison. Let's appreciate the cameras in the store. When he walks in, he looks up, and then when he sees his face and he sees like the outside, the cameras look decent. I'm like, this this little tiny bodega looking place has some really good cameras for looking really tacky. Yeah, they have cameras everywhere, like multiple showing the fucking road in multiple different angles. And then they have several inside the store and there just conveniently happens to be a cable that leads all the way to the box. 
And like, okay, pure that's... black cable, super noticeable for like the main character of any story. Wow, that's a big cable. I'm gonna follow it. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's, it's like any video it's game. Something. That's like that's it's like any video game. That's like find where the thing is and you just follow the fucking cord. What the fuck? Yeah, seriously though, am am I the only one who finds it odd that apparently Spencer doesn't know how to use technology? Well, some people just yeah, aren't technologically I mean, they, involved. And they then just they get, he was a cop. Then, like, the, he was yeah, in jail cops, for five years. Know. He was in prison, so. so he must not understand how Facebook works or MySpace. He was only in there for five years. Five years is a long Go time. Go ahead, Chase. You kind of cut out. No, I was just saying, I don't know. It's, I, I didn't look that deep into that part, you know? Yeah, I just think it's so weird that a cop of all people wouldn't know how most technology works. Or later on, he seems kind of mesmerized by a smartphone. But I'm like, smartphones existed when you went to prison. Yeah, so but they're still way better super now, weird to me. But whatever. Yeah, so much better. Uh, I'll move past that. So then, um, so, so Spencer doesn't understand technology at all. Uh, Hawk does, though, even though Hawk also went to prison. Just say it. Like, that's super weird um and the two watch the footage to find clues as uh to where terrence might have gone um they see the actual footage of it after exiting the bar terrence got in an extremely nice car which hawk says must be owned by and this is a quote a fat old white dude with three divorces and a micro dick because who else would own a car like that i mean that's solid when that checks out i guess <laughs> When Terrence got into that car and they, like, started zooming into the license plate, I honestly thought they were going to do the enhanced thing. And I was actually disappointed so did when I. they didn't. I was disappointed when they didn't. Or or at least if yeah, Mark Wahlberg... Yeah, I thought this was going to be fucking CSI Miami. And they were just like, boop, 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 boop. <laughs> but if Mark Wahlberg... Maybe, like, if Mark Wahlberg was like, enhance that. And Hawk's just like, that's not how it works. That would have been so funny. Like... <laughs> Yeah, this this movie's interesting. Um, so Spencer then notices that several men take Terrence's car and decide to investigate the scene of Boylan's death because he sees that, like, okay, so here's a thing that I actually forgot to mention that comes up multiple times in this movie, and it will come up again when he goes and talks to Driscoll after investigating the scene, that, like, I, I, I'm not going to say it's a leap in logic or anything, but it's so weird. So first, when Spencer is on the beach talking to Terrence's wife, he asks his wife if Terrence would have the tactical knowledge to disable an airbag. And she, for the most part, doesn't say no or yes. She just kind of like, I seemingly she just assumes he doesn't have that actual skill. And then later, this whole like technical knowledge to disable an airbag thing comes up like three fucking times. Because if you want to use a car as a battering ram, you have to disable the airbag. And I was like, okay. Yep. I, I understand that you would have to disable the airbag itself, but I think it's so weird that one of like most of Spencer's investigation at this very moment has to deal with the fact that he doesn't think that Terrence would have the technical knowledge to disable an airbag. I learned a new way to battery ram people with my car now, so thanks, movie. Do you know how to disable an airbag, though? Guess what? YouTube. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's what, what I thought. That's exactly what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, it, it like, the whole time, I was like, out. you could learn anything. 
yeah the it was so annoying um so now where do i get on here um Yep, Boylan's death. Uh, there, Spencer finds a toothpick that looks a lot like the one that Driscoll chews on. Because um, that's like, he, he looks at a lot of stuff, but the only thing he actually finds here is Driscoll's toothpick. So then he actually goes um, to another MMA gym, just another nondescript like gym, I guess. Um, and it's about time that we learn that Driscoll also knows how to fight. He's, he's being taught to fight because everyone in this movie knows how to fight. Um, Spencer tracks him down um, at his MMA gym and asks him about uh, Boylan's crime scene. Um, Driscoll says that he hadn't visited the crime scene, but it's obviously like he's super sketchy about it, which is so weird that seemingly until later on, Spencer at all does not suspect Driscoll, even though there's so much sketchy shit going on. Until he's like... Man, just leave it alone. Which... Yeah, until he explicitly, like, for the most part, tells him. Yeah. Like, man, you're home now. It's like, is he home? Or is he told to go away? Is he going to Arizona? What do you guys want him to do? <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of, like, conflicting directions for this character. And it's a little weird. How did you feel about this scene, Avery? It just really tried to cement, like, he's the bad guy. But most of the time, you guys are kind of pointing in that direction. Like, there's crooked cops. There's one that used to be his partner. So I kind of got that old school kind of cliche. Your partner's going to be the bad guy. And you're going to have to feel some remorse for taking him out. Yeah. Yeah. They, they're really, like, ham-fisted making this guy a bad guy. Uh, so then, um, we actually go to... Oh, I totally skipped a part. So now we actually go... Oh, no, I didn't. Okay. Um, he said he hadn't visited the crime scene. Then we actually get a montage of Spencer training Hawk and learning to drive a truck, which still doesn't, he still doesn't pay attention in class. In this, Not in even this, a little bit. In, he's I guess he's doing well. Notes. You know? Well, yeah, because then notes it of... actually shows him like reversing and everything. And he's like, oh, am I, am I doing a good job? Like can I drive back Betty? And she's like, nah, you're not there yet. And I'm like, I don't think anyone is actually supposed to drive that car. That's why there was a sign that you very much pointed out when he first attended this class. And then they stole it. Yep. And then they steal it later. Cause there's very low security, I guess. It looks awesome. awesome. It was like really cool. I, I was impressed. I was like, that's a nice truck. Yeah. That truck is fucking awesome. Uh, so, then we actually have Spencer and Hawk. They go on lunch uh, where where we learn that Hawk had been to prison for manslaughter and is now hoping to become the LeBron James of MMA and tell Spencer about his father who died a hero. This is where it's like so weird. This is the only thing that I actually don't like about Hawk's character is this whole like dad scenario where he's like, yeah, my dad died a hero. And I'm like, wow, he just had to have some very specific like backstory reason to appreciate what spencer's doing other than the cat thing that comes up later well in the part that like about about that where he's like yeah my dad died like it's essentially spencer's story i feel like they had to put that in or hawk like it wouldn't have made sense for hawk to become a ride or die you know yeah yeah i mean 
it seems like Hawk also has this kind of sense of justice and he also appreciates like Henry. He is there for Henry as well. So it kind of makes sense for Hawk to still like defend Henry. But yeah, um, especially when he gets kidnapped later. But yeah, the, the whole developing friendship between Spencer and Hawk, I don't know. It seems like really forced. They don't seem to become friends like for the most part, especially because most of their character development or at least their friendship being developed is done within like montages of Spencer teaching Hawk how to punch for the most part. Yeah, I felt like it had to give him like some kind of quiet wounded hero feel to him because he didn't really have too much to say a half the time. So I felt like they had to give them a bond somehow. Which is another like... Yeah, he's there for Henry, but, like, you, you're not really that ride or die unless you really believe in someone, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. And he definitely helps him out a lot. So now Spencer decides to go to the bathroom and his, like, sissy, his girlfriend, follows him into the bathroom and obviously wants to get on it, dude. She, like, they're, yeah, she's obviously, she's feeling, she's feeling Spencer. Um... And I said, do restaurants, like, generally have bathroom doors that lock? Because she, like, she deadbolts the bathroom door. And that's not a single-person bathroom. That's, like, a fully, that's, like, a multiple different stalls kind of bathroom. Well, in this scenario, Vaughn, yes, it does have a lock. <laughs> and then they proceed to fuck uh, so and destroy that, that mirror. And I was like, are you guys not going to, like, like... What are you doing about that mirror you just fucking broke? Yeah, I have that on here too. I said, uh, Spencer and Sissy, uh, fuck for like three seconds and it's super loud. And, uh, I was like, checks out. He was in prison for five years. Sissy and Spencer break the bathroom mirror while fucking and Sissy flushes the toilet for literally no reason. Like after they get done it's having sex on. and I understand what she's doing. No, I, I understand what she's doing. She just like, Walks over and flushes the toilet. It's a cover-up, dude. Duh. I don't think that's what it was at all. <laughs> I think that's what it was. I was concerned that there was no staff paying attention. Like, nobody's like, hey, knock it off. Banging on the door or anything. They were just like, eh, just let him. I mean, they definitely only have sex for like a couple seconds. It's not that long. So, I mean, I feel like staff like wouldn't have enough time to go over there and actually break it up this is actually once again <laughs> where we get dialogue that spencer is a good dude with a strong moral code because we had to have that again well this is like sex the in the bathroom time. let's talk about his moral code <laughs> hey there ain't nothing wrong with getting off in the bathroom of a public restaurant <laughs> and then <laughs> and break in the mirror and then leave a stain on her dress and then she says it's just a suit. Yeah, that was so like, gross. Cool. Why did they have to point that out? That's not. A, <laughs> I thought it was funny. Like, I key it was point funny. or anything. It was gross. <laughs> that was so weird. Uh, so then we actually have Spencer walking outside of this eatery, which he never actually ate at. At least I didn't see it. Like they ordered and then he didn't eat. And Hawk barely ate. It looked and Hawk, like. And Hawk um, talked about so I got how the good tiny the dick was. dude. Hawk's like, you're yeah, going to love yeah. it, and then he <laughs> never has any. 
He never eats. Uh, and then I've got, coincidentally, the tiny dick dude drives by Spencer and Hawk as they leave the restaurant, and Spencer decides to chase it through multiple backyards, culminating in a fight with a dog. And uh, during this, Spencer loses the car, and... Uh, yeah, I'll get to that in just a second. How did you guys feel about this, like, whole dog scenario? Where I love that this dog escapes the lawn so easily. This is this is what I huge. have. Yes. But, like I said, he got his ass rocked by a dog for, like, 15 to 20 seconds, maybe even 30, and then hops over the fence, and the car's still just barely driving by. Like, <laughs> that was, like, 15 seconds. The car should be gone. And then the yeah, dog gets out. Yeah, especially because that guy drives super fast. Like, they they've showed that this guy actually drives quite fast. Yeah, and then, uh, I don't know, I just thought it was kind of wild that this dog fight literally happened for, like, 30 seconds, and then the car's just barely squeaking by. Yeah, it is super weird. And then the guy comes out of his house and is like, what are you doing to my dog? And it's like, your dog is obviously eating that guy. Yeah, in he, the alley. He's like not snacking even, like, in down on his face. Yeah, <laughs> it's so weird. How did you feel about this, Avery? Well, why would you run after a car, first of all? Bruh, you're on foot, and that's a fast-looking car. What are you doing? And hopping over people's backyards, you're bound to get hit with something. A dog, trip over some toys, land in a sandbox. And the dog was just huge. Like, no, nobody should carry a dog that big in their backyard. Well, they did have, like, I mean, children's I toys strewn about, so probably protecting them kids. Something that I also love about this is that Spencer goes through all of these yards, but then, like, escapes into this alley. That the alley is the same stretch as these yards. So I'm like, could you not have just ran down the alley? <laughs> yeah. That was funny. It's... It's so weird. Um, so Spencer loses the car and walks back to Henry's gym where he confronts Hawk about not having his back. But Hawk got the license plate for this car, which I don't know how he did. That was quick as shit. I, 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 I honestly thought they were going to develop something there with like Hawk has some sort of like uh, photographic memory or something, but they never did. Never did. Yeah, just anything to explain how, like, he saw this car for two seconds and got its, like, license plate like that. Maybe that's why he's Hawk. Got them Hawk eyes, bro. Oh, my God. Okay. Did I? Sorry, I just remembered something that I have to bring up later. Oh, yeah. It's definitely important. Um, so I got Spencer and Hawk then go to the DMV to hassle a worker into giving them the info on the owner of the car. It's a fat old white dude. Of course it is. It had to be a fat old white dude that drove this car, which I do find is actually hilarious. And the fact that they never say his name, they just call him Tracksuit Charlie. It's probably his name. <laughs> That's his God-given name. Okay. Uh, turns out Spencer knows the owner and just where to find him. Uh, now we get the whole story behind Gloria, a young activist uh, who was harassed by Tracksuit Charlie and her cat was killed and eventually she was actually killed by Tracksuit Charlie and others. Uh, but the cops did nothing about it and instead buried it, hence the opening of the movie. How did you guys feel about this whole like montage and they have like this video of her getting beaten to death? I guess she gets strangled actually. She doesn't get beaten to death. I thought it was quite comical I that feel Hawk like... only cared about the cat. 
Yeah, that's the only thing he takes away, and then he goes and scratches a cat into his car. I just thought maybe most of the movie's budget went to these cool-ass special effects. The cat looked really gruesome. I was like, dude, that's a primo scene right there. The cat looked really gruesome? I thought it just looked like the cat from fucking Harry Potter. It gets <laughs> fucking pa paralyzed by the basilisk and shit. I did not think it looked good at it all. It had, like, blood and guts on it. It was all gross looking. I was like, that's where the budget of this movie went, was to, like, all the special effects for, like, dead bodies and stuff. I mean, and to Black Betty, dude. They had to get that dope-ass car. Um, so, uh, during that time... What did I even say? Uh, during that time, Spencer has help with his investigation by a Globe reporter who is taken off the story for some inexplicable, inexplicable reason. Um, and then after this whole kind of like backstory about this, uh, Hawk, his only takeaway is that Tracksuit Charlie killed a cat and knifes his car for it in broad daylight i love that it's in broad daylight like he looks around and he's like nobody sees me and then just like he like stabs the shit out of all of his tires and then carves a pretty decent cat into this guy's car is like how did nobody see you do that you yeah did, as there's, if there's no way no, that you did that in five seconds no witnesses or nothing or there's not a grocery store around the corner with high-tech cameras you know yeah high-definition yeah. cameras <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird uh so hawk and spencer continue surveillance on tracksuit charlie and his activities and discovered that he's working for some dirty cops uh hurt working with some dirty cops but spencer's not the only one so this is a scene where they actually like follow him in the riviera at least spencer does um and he finds out that he is not the only one who is actually doing surveillance on them but so are two FBI agents who also uh, are on tracksuit's tail. Spencer walks up after seeing uh, this kind of whole interaction between tracksuit Charlie and the cop that he put his face in a urinal. Um, and Spencer walks up and talks to the FBI agents who for some reason think he's an officer and then actually learn a lot about him with zero information literally zero they just know who he is in like five seconds yeah and, and i thought it was so weird that they thought he was an officer i just love the fact that they're so open to telling him everything too like what is going on yeah i'm like are you guys bad at your jobs well and then what it kind of doing it actually kind of implements that yeah yeah they're so weird how did you feel about this avery I don't know. I feel like if you walk up to somebody and just pretend to know what you're doing, they kind of assume, like, oh, he probably has some base knowledge of what's going on. These are fucking FBI agents, Avery, that are tracking down a dirty ring of cops, and they think some random dude in a suit is a cop and then tell him everything? I mean, FBI is FBI. What is the guy in a random suit going to do? The FBI is like, we'll just hunt you down, brother. Don't do anything illegal. Because they didn't seem like they cared about their job. They're just like, eh, it's whatever. It that is just, a good point, and it already seems like this, like, yeah, it's definitely weird, and this this ring seemingly already knows that the FBI is after them. Like, they, they don't actually seem like smooth criminals at all. They're just kind of out in the open, doing their shit, and they're just like, nobody's gonna find out. It's so weird. So... Then we actually get this super weird shit going on where so they get like zero information. Um, Spencer goes back to the prison to see Squeeb to ask who ordered the hit on him in person. Um, and that's how like Squeeb is somehow 
or sorry, ordered the hit on him in prison when he's about to leave, and Squeeb is some uh, somehow involved for no fucking reason. Like it was so odd that he was actually part of this whole thing. Uh, it seemed like a well, lot of fucking people were in on message. it. Yeah, it seems like every fucking person in this movie. There are no side characters. Everyone is in on it, yeah, except for that much. one dickhead cop at the beginning. And then the Terrence's partner was never in on anything either. Yeah, yeah, the, there's like two people who weren't, I guess. Uh, so Squeeb tells Spencer about Wonderland, uh, a decommissioned dog track, and that's all he says to him. And I love that the way they get it out of him is saying that Hawk is going to fuck Squeeb's wife. Which that is he's going to seduce her and, and clap those cheeks. Because <laughs> you know Hawk would destroy so her. <laughs> and Spencer keeps eating. he's like dude she had to get a babysitter you don't just get a babysitter to like have casual lunch with some guy <laughs> yeah so That's Hawk, so Hawk doesn't, uh, so, not, not Hawk sorry but uh, Spencer doesn't know anything about technology but he's still on the top of the dating game yeah and he does say that uh, this is like the dumbest fucking line where he says my friend showed me how to work this and it's like FaceTime and I'm like, oh my god, I hate this so much that Spencer doesn't know how to use technology in any way. I don't, I don't know if FaceTime exactly existed. I'm not 100% sure because I don't have like an iPhone or anything. But it's just so weird, this whole Spencer doesn't know how to work any sort of technology thing. They try to play it's off of something that for that comedy really at certain times. They, they feel like they want to throw it in when they need to or they feel like they need to. Yeah, it's so odd. Um, so let me see where I was at. Oh, uh, Spencer and Hawk take a drive over to the journalist who comes back for some reason because he's the only other guy who can give exposition. Um, and tells them about the cops actually running a drug trade to get into the casino being built on top of Wonderland, which he knows but is not actually trying to do anything about, which is so weird. Like that character is so odd to me that he's like he's there for like two or three scenes for almost no reason like he he's just there for exposition and he's, to kind of help spencer but you don't learn anything else about he's him there to just keep the plot going yeah he's just like a plot device yeah pretty much that's what it seems like just keep it going you know keep it going yeah, it's, it's so weird. Um, so then uh, Spencer goes to Wonderland to investigate and talks to two of the dumbest henchmen ever. And uh, the shot lingers on them walking up to him for fucking ever. Like, they, the, it takes him forever to walk up to them. And then they do that little jump up onto the track. And then they're like, hey, you can't be here. I was like, the, what? You literally could have just had it be like, hey, you can't be here or something. That shot took way too long for them to walk over there, to him. There were a couple shots in this that I felt like they were uh, too long of just like people walking. And also, Spencer walks all the way through this decommissioned like this decommissioned dog track no one notices him do they not have any sort of security at this place like that but somehow these like two dudes just find him and then later on we see that there actually is security it's so weird see how easy it is to walk on a construction site i don't think a lot of places have security this isn't even like a construction site or anything though this is a place where criminals do business You'd think that there was some sort of security. 
There's Why like else would these two criminals. random dudes be here? Yeah. yeah, it's like the Batcave for criminals. That's true. <laughs> it's the weirdest fucking shit. Uh, so now we see Terrence's and Boylan's funerals uh, and the disparity between them. Uh, it turns out, and this is so weird. So, like, Boylan gets this actual funeral, like a cop funeral. Um, and then Terrence just gets this kind of like tucked away funeral because he's thought to be a cop killer. He's thought to be a dirty cop. Um, and Spencer's actually at Terrence's funeral. And then this is when we get the most annoying scene in this movie to me where it's like, hey, we've tried to make it seem we've tried to hint at Driscoll being this villain for a while. But right now we're just going to fucking say it. And it's like, hey, Driscoll's just sitting there and the other guy walks up and he's like, tells him that story about killing the cat and everything and it's like thank you for telling me that this guy is a bad guy now i'm so glad that i now know awesome that was really weird when he was like sometimes you just gotta kill the cat what (laughs) yeah it was so odd how did you feel about these scenes it was just so yeah okay they point at it and like hey you see that blue gatorade over there it's like yeah they're like go drink it go drink it like what it tastes like? And you're like, Blue Gatorade? Like, exactly. That's what's happening. <laughs> bad guy is the bad guy. It's like, what the f- I knew that! <laughs> bro, what are you doing? Give me something new! Yeah, I felt like there was no actual reason to, like, show us in that way that he was a bad guy. It was like, it would have been so much more interesting if instead we didn't get that moment... But instead, we had, like, literally the next moment that happens when um, he goes and gets the wire from Terrence's wife and then hears on there that Driscoll is actually the head of this ring. I would rather have had that happen where it's like, yeah, Driscoll's the head of everything. And then it's like, oh, man, like that. Obviously, the reveal was kind of like it. It's not that crazy. We already knew. But it's so much better than having Driscoll tell this weird fucking story about a cat killing mice and mice killing cats and all sorts of shit. It was just so odd. What's with the cat metaphor is let's draw a cat in a car. Let's talk about killing a cat. Let's show a dead cat. (laughs) Also, the uh, also like uh, where shit, I fucking just blanked out there. I was turning down my volume on my headphones. (laughs) uh where nice where driscoll ends up being like the bad bad guy like the leader that was so weird to me like i get he was his partner and all but it didn't seem like they had like that good of a relationship for him to need to be the bad bad guy yeah that he was the worst of the worst they definitely try to make it seem like they had some sort of relationship like when driscoll's like come and visits him after everything is done like that interaction with him outside of henry's house when they first get home which is once again just kind of a weird coincidental meeting i guess he might have been like waiting but yeah they they try to make it seem like they had a relationship but we don't see any of that it's just kind of implied they're like hey yeah they were cool now they're not i guess uh so now we actually get um while spencer and hawk are getting some food spencer is attacked by several men with machetes spencer can't really and i love that in this scene so before the guys with machetes actually show up and surround him spencer is like trying to get food but he does not speak spanish at all and also orders fucking everything on the menu okay he i thought orders i was the only one that noticed so that. much 
he ordered so much fucking no. food. It was ridiculous. Yeah, and he's like, oh, what about a quesadilla? I was like, do you fucking need one? And he's like, you're going to have to wait for it to cook. And I was like, he literally ordered the whole menu. He's going to have to wait for it all to cook. I thought, yeah, I and thought he starts that too. speaking I, in like a Mexican accent too when he's ordering. Yeah, and he, he does that <laughs> thing where like, people who don't speak spanish um but want to like sound like they speak spanish so they say like a few words of spanish like gracias and stuff like that you know what i mean like to make it seem like spencer speaks spanish but i'm like he doesn't obviously yeah that was literally the only things he's saying are like burrito (laughs) to to go back a little bit when he was when he went to the prison to talk to squeeb he literally said amigo which i thought was really comical (laughs) <laughs> he called he called Squeeb an amigo and I was like, ah, oh, god damn it. So uh now we actually get this fight scene between multiple men with machetes, because apparently this gang fucking adores machetes. So multiple men with the machetes start to attack Spencer. He kicks some of their asses, but not all of them, and two of them end up kinda getting the drop on him, I guess, and are about to kill him when Hawk saves the day by running the car through the wall. And we get a lot of, like, exposition about uh, them knowing who Spencer is after this and how it could lead them to Henry. And I was like, they already fucking knew who you were. Like, literally, it's this gang and these cops, they know you're after them. It literally, in a scene, like, two seconds ago, explained in a way that Driscoll knew who you were and is going to kill you. Why do you think that they were there? They already knew who you were. Well, okay, also, weren't some of the guys already in the restaurant before? Yeah, they were. They were sitting down. Yeah, so, like so they, they knew that they were going to get knew, there. Yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah, that shit was so weird. How did you guys feel about this actual fight scene, though, where he's, like, fucking throwing shit at them and all sorts of stuff? He grabs that one dude's dick, I'm fairly certain. <laughs> yeah. Well, I what I like, what I actually liked about this one was that it did seem like it was more of like a, like he was grasping at straws because he was going against people that have fucking machetes, and in the other fights, it, even though there was like four other guys, he never seemed like scared or anything. But then now he actually seemed like there was some sort of fear. Yeah, and then later when there are guns, he doesn't give a shit. It's cool. I, I love yeah, this stuff. He's just seemingly um, so then, scared of machetes. I'm an ex-cop yeah. without a gun. What's going <laughs> There's on? There's literally two things that can penetrate Spencer's skin. One, machetes. Two, feet. He can't handle kicking and he can't <laughs> handle machetes. I fucking hate the whole kicking thing. It's so annoying. I love it. Just they pull going, that up so many bro, times. Bro, stop kicking me. Quit it. <laughs> well, I think uh, where and I then think he... that comes from, though, is the evolution of, like, fighting and stuff. But, again, he was only gone for, like, five years. They're making it seem like he went in in, like, 2000 and came out in 2020. And now, like, because, like, in that time span, people, like, learned about MMA, which is just, like, multiple different styles of fighting put together rather than... Like, oh, you're just a wrestler, or you're just a boxer. And and then, it, but he wasn't gone long enough for that, like, evolution to become that prevalent. Yeah, it's so weird. 
I, I hate this so much. Uh, so then they all take refuge at Sissy's house slash kennel where she uh, kind of scolds them all about getting involved. So this is where we have that scene where she calls like uh, it's like the, the Batman, Robin and Alfred thing. And that the Riviera is the Batmobile, which I thought was funny. I actually really enjoyed that part. I, I don't know why I didn't think it was funny. I feel like it maybe it's just my, like, once again, I think it's just it's my second viewing kind of tainting I how I felt about it initially. It's just your I hate. actually really like her. <laughs> I like Sissy women, a lot. It's blinding you. You just don't like, you don't like women. You don't think they're funny. We get it, Vaughn. <laughs> okay, so Morgan, my fiance, is actually a big fan of that comedian. And I, I'm going to be honest her comedy style i don't actually find funny so if y'all oh, didn't tell me she's, she's a comedian her? i would have never known no she okay she does this weird thing where she like makes really weird voices that sound like troll voices and i'm not a fan of it it's just so weird okay you just don't like funny women vaughn we get it we understand you start to be so blatant okay, about it i'm glad that <laughs> I'm glad that's down in the record book. So, uh, meanwhile, while this is all happening, uh, Terrence's wife comes home to find her house trashed, and she calls Spencer for help. Uh, turns out Terrence was investigating the dirty cops and had a recorded evidence, which he mailed to his wife. Uh, once again, we get exposition about how Spencer has a strong moral code. And this is the only time where anybody is at all skeptical about what Spencer's doing, because this is where she's like, I don't know if I should give you this kind of a thing. And we had that moment with, like, Hawk and her son where he asks if uh, Hawk is a giant and he's one of the bad ones or the good ones. He's like, can you can you move my bed? And I was like, dude, I fucking love Hawk. Hawk is a great guy. He's yeah, fantastic. I thought, that, I thought that was awesome. That scene, that whole scene was really cool. It was a nice scene. I just, I don't know. It, it just felt like they were leaning too much on, like, Hawk is the silent, you know, good guy. I don't know. That is, I mean, yeah, that is kind of true. It's like all of Hawk's interactions are kind of like that, I guess. But he's still the most fleshed out character in this entire movie. He's the only one who actually, like, I, I don't know. He's the only one who shows that he's a good guy in a sense. Whereas, like, Spencer's, like, fucking chicks in bathrooms and breaking windows and shit. Taking down dogs, you know. It's weird stuff. Um, so the wife gives Spencer the wire, and it turns out to be a recording of Terrence in Boylan talking about the Wonderland deal. Uh, Terrence was working with the feds to take them down, it turns out. Uh, and it turns out Driscoll is the head of it, which Spencer just found out, which I still find is so weird. Uh, and he also learns about a massive drug shipment that will allow the cops to get in on Wonderland. And he also finds that out through... Oh, no, he actually, he doesn't find that out. Never mind, that doesn't matter. But, or, he finds that out. It's just, never mind what I was about to say. How do you guys feel about this whole thing when they're, like, listening to The Wire? And, okay, here's the thing that annoys me so much. They really point out Spencer does not understand technology. But the one thing he knows is how to, like, listen to this wire. And Which I was like, was a cop, I fine. fucking hate you. He was a cop. I was yeah. going to say that. <laughs> no, that's that's my point. He was a cop. He should know how to use the majority of this technology. And instead, he doesn't. The only thing he knows how to use is a wire. 
I mean, that's like using a walkie-talkie. It's kind of old. <laughs> so were surveillance cameras. These ones were high-tech, Yeah, but the though. cloud's you know not. The cloud was the thing he was having problems with. <laughs> the cloud existed in 2015, I'm fairly certain. Yeah, but it wasn't that advanced, Vaughn. The cloud. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> the cloud thing is so annoying. I feel like that's constantly, like... And this isn't a dig on this movie in general. It's just kind of like, this is a comedic bit that hops up and it pops up in several movies where nobody understands what the cloud is. And I'm like, yeah, I, I nobody... I, I get it. Nobody understands what the cloud is. It doesn't have to be a joke in every movie. But, um... Spencer and Hawk pay Driscoll a visit to warn him about the encroaching investigation and offer him an out just to go to prison and do his time like a man. And Driscoll refuses. And I love that this once again is like Spencer is a good guy because he did his time like a man. Because Spencer's like, just do your time like a man like I did. I was like, okay. Thanks. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> It's just so annoying. And then Driscoll's like so obviously the bad guy. He's so obviously been the bad guy for so long. Ah, it's so annoying. Yeah, they really dragged that out. Uh, so then uh, we have Spencer wants to find out about the Pony Express, which is this large drug shipment. So Spencer uh, pays Tracksuit Charlie a visit to learn about the Pony Express uh, where and where he can intercept it, which he like puts his face in like a, a, fo a foot bath because Tracksuit Charlie owns kind of like this uh, salon, I guess, which is, I mean, I, I don't have any issues with that because that was actually pointed out beforehand. Um, so then we get Spencer and Hawk steal the drugs in the weirdest fucking way possible. It was so odd uh, from the game, but accidentally let one of the members go and literally don't give a fuck about that guy running away. They just let him run away. I was honestly expecting Hawk to like hit him with the van because that would yeah. have been funny. Me too. And then the most annoying thing is that they're like... Uh, later on when they, okay, so this next one, uh, they take the drugs to a journalist who doesn't know if it's enough to take this whole drug ring down. So they stash the drugs at Sissy's house. And in this point, Hawk says that dude ID'd us. And I'm like, they already fucking know who you are. Yeah. It's been a hot minute. They know who you are. I had a problem with that scene when they were like standing above on the freeway and then they threw the hammer and it went through the windshield to the back of the truck or the van. Where is this other guy at? He would have gotten impaled by that hammer. How is he still that's alive? That is, <laughs> that's such a good point. I didn't even think about that. How is this dude still standing when Hawk fucking hucked a sledgehammer through their window? It went straight through the van at top that speed. That was such a dope scene, though, where the fucking hammer just flies <laughs> through. That was cool. I, I do think it's super weird that this is how they, like, did this, but it was very cool how Hawk just, like, throws it, like, spear throws it through their fucking window. I was yeah, like, was Hawk awesome. is so fucking cool. <laughs> uh, so then um, we actually get a, the scene in the garage where they're talking about how they ID'd us, which is fucking stupid. Uh, Sissy learns of the drug shipment in her garage, uh, but... It ends up that she kind of lets it go that Henry has left and has now been kidnapped by Driscoll and his whole gang. Um, and I, okay, this is where it really bothers me how Henry's kind of character takes a turn into the weird 
where like Henry has been this kind of like old and I guess in a sense like more wise kind of this mentor character I guess is is what they wanted him to be but now when they're like on the phone um they very they're like they hit me in the eye Spencer and it's like suddenly Henry is this stereotypical old man who's like I I don't want to say defenseless but he he just like he doesn't seem the same I guess and he's like talking a whole lot and he's like I have to go pee and all sorts of stuff it's like we've never seen that side of Henry I guess I think I think in this could be like me think me going too meta about it but I think that the idea was not that the actor was trying to be annoying but that the character himself was trying to be annoying in that in that spot I don't think he like meant like any of it you know i think he was just like trying to be annoying because i mean that's what i would do if i got kidnapped i would just be really annoying i mean that does check out i just thought the whole they hit me in the eye spencer thing was so weird i was like we get it they fucking hit you stop saying it I kinda, how did you feel about this scene avery so i i kind of liked it because like when he's like i got hit in the eye spencer and the guy was just like shaking his head he, he the tone i think he carried was more of like because he didn't seem like he cared that he got kidnapped he's like in a sense just really didn't care he was there he's just really upset he got hit in the eye and you know that's a big mood you don't get hit in the eye bro just kidnap me <laughs> and the whole i gotta pee thing kind of tried to cement like he's an old dude that's kind of gonna use the bathroom but he's still gonna be a bitch about it <laughs> <laughs> So now we get a scene where Spencer and Hawk plan an assault on Wonderland to save Henry and take down the operation. This is the, I would say this was my favorite part of the movie just because of that line where Hawk takes the shotgun and Spencer's like, no, you don't get the cool gun. And Hawk's like, Hawk is the name of a man with a shotgun. Spencer is the name of a man who does your taxes. And Spencer's like, okay, I'll I'll give you that. It's like, ah, that got me. Okay. Which was also really good. Like, Hawk is the only... Or not the only, because I actually really liked the sissy character. But, like, Hawk is by far the best character in this. And it's not even, like, a close competition. And I liked uh, Sissy. The quips and the one-offs are what really cemented him as, like, the quiet, funny guy. Yeah, yeah. The um, quiet, so funny now... guy that could fucking kill you with one punch. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Seriously, that'll throw you through a wall and all God. sorts of fucked up shit. So now uh, we actually start to see this plan come to fruition. We see the Riviera slowly drive up to this large group of cars that are at, uh, what is this place called? Wonderland. So it drives through, literally drives past all of them. It doesn't have tinted windows. I don't understand how they didn't see that this was not Spencer driving this fucking car. So it's like this big reveal that it's not Spencer at the end. It ends up being Sissy. She drives up. And she is there to actually get Henry out of the way because Spencer's plan is to use Black Betty as a battering ram, which I hate it so much how much freedom they give her. She just literally drives up, gets out of the car, and then walks over and is like, what are you guys fucking doing? You're doing this to an old man and like pulls Henry out of the car and pulls him aside. And they're like, we'll kill you. And I'm like, will you? She just walked up here and did whatever she wanted. Sort of mentally I doubt you'll kill man. her. That part was so funny. <laughs> that was pretty funny. I'm not I'll mentally admit. challenged. You're in shock, Henry. <laughs> yeah, uh. she does dunk on Henry quite often. I do say I I do actually like 
Like, Sissy, I love when she dunks on Henry because she does it quite often. She, like, shits on him a lot. Oh, see, this is Vaughn just trying to step back the fact that he, everyone knows he hates Yeah, women, I just don't find... Comedians. Yeah. You I can got tell you. in okay. this tone of his voice. You're scaring me, man. <laughs> so, uh, um, now we get Spencer slowly drives up in Black Betty, like, around the corner, how you see the steam, or not the steam, but the exhaust, like, come over and everything, and they're all like, what's gonna happen? And I was like, we all fucking know what's gonna happen. I'm... Okay, whatever. So he drives up and fucking wrecks them with Black Betty, pummels through all of these different cars, which this is something I wanted to say, which I found super funny. So before the actual, like, Black Betty rounds the corner, it's either a falcon or a hawk, like, flies down and is in the scene. Or and it's, a like, very eagle. obvious. Yeah, I don't know what it is. It's yeah, just I... some sort of, like, patriotic bird. It was so weird, dude. <laughs> I'm so glad that you guys thought that was so weird, too. Because, like, there were birds before when they were driving up, but this one is so obvious. It was like, it was like, they're sitting in the editing room, and uh, they're watching it, and they're like, that was good, that was good. And then Mark Wahlberg butts up, he's like, hey, 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 you know it would be great? If there was a fucking bird that flew before we destroyed all these other vehicles. I kind of thought it was a hawk. I think it would have been so much cooler in a way if Sissy didn't come up, but it was instead Spencer and he moves him and then Hawk drives up in this Black Betty, which of course wouldn't make any sense because they've already like pointed out that Spencer knows how to drive this fucking vehicle, I guess. Yeah, but, but still, Hawk's way like, cooler. Yeah, Hawk is way cooler. It would have been so cool for that scene for Hawk to be driving up and then a Hawk comes down and be like, ah. Okay, and then it lands it. on his fucking shoulder. And they like really lean into how like, fucking stupid this hawk was. They're like, that's why his name's Hawk. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> he was destined to be this man. We've told stories of him. Uh, so Spencer then goes after Driscoll while Hawk takes on literally everyone else. There are people in towers behind this car that they are then taking refuge behind, but Hawk has to take them all on with this shotgun while Spencer just goes after Driscoll and does the weirdest choreography to dodge bullets ever. (laughs) Okay, I I saw that too when he hopped through the window and then like spun, did like a 360. I was like, that's not going to dodge no fucking bullets, Marky Mark. That was so funny how he does that because it's like, it's like the threat level midnight in the yeah, office when the guy that. walks in. It is about to shoot Michael Scott and Michael just moves in small like ways to dodge the bullets. It's so fucking stupid. Three, two, one. Prepare to die. He's like just doing the shimmy to dodge bullets. It's so fucking dumb. <laughs> So, um, now we get a scene where, so Spencer runs after Driscoll, Driscoll cuts through a kitchen, and then it turns out, uh, so Driscoll has Spencer kind of pinned down, all of these other guys come in, so Driscoll retreats, and Spencer's like, oh shit, I'm about to get fucked up by these dudes that once again, in a gunfight, have fucking machetes. What is happening? What is their obsession with these machetes? It's so annoying. (laughs) I get it. It's like they just wanted to make them cool bad guys because Driscoll sucks so much. So they're like, they kill people with machetes. Okay, (laughs) whatever. Um, So Hawk then literally just trounces all of these fucking dudes in this kitchen. 
He fucking wrecks everyone, but one guy, that one guy he lets go free, which I felt was so odd, especially because that guy was at the restaurant where they tried to kill Spencer. So it's not like, it's not like that guy was cool. It's not like he was just inducted into this gang or something like that. He is obviously kind of a piece of shit, and he's totally chill with killing people. I love the fact that he was so fucking scared, because I feel like we would all be scared if we saw four or however many of our heavily armed, okay, not heavily, but our armed combatants get fucked up by this dude with his bare hands. It threw them yeah, through and walls, I also love over the table, underneath, he's just walloping people, bro, he's just dragging them. I love it when Hawk enters the room for no reason at all. He, like, whacks shit off the counters. He, like, hits stuff to kind of get their attention. He's like, hey! <laughs> like, okay, that's cool, I guess. Uh, so, what I have up here. Um, and Spencer catches up with Driscoll. Oh, okay, so this is my... I hate this so much. So, now that Hawk has taken on an army of people and Spencer's just bitching out, I guess, and chasing after Driscoll, um, Spencer catches up... Well, I think I'm like... Okay, but Spencer catches up with Driscoll and uh, for some reason decides that even though Spencer has a gun on him and can arrest him at that very moment, he decides he wants to have a fist fight because you have to know how to fight in prison. You just had to get one more fight in in this movie? Really? This is so annoying. Like, I hate that if, if Spencer just kind of, like, jumped down and knocked the gun out of, like, Driscoll's hand and then they got into a fight, that would have been cool. But instead, Spencer being like, nah, dude, I'm gonna beat your ass. And then just proceeding to get his ass beat by Driscoll. Because, of course, Driscoll knows Spencer's weakness and he kicks him. Love the kicks, man. And the thing is, like, at this point, during the fight, Mark Wahlberg is getting his fucking ass kicked. Yeah, he gets whooped up on quite a bit. And it's, then just, it's a little... And then just snaps Driscoll's fucking ankle. Yeah, like, he pop. finally... I have in here that he finally... Uh, I put... But Spencer gets the upper hand by finally learning how to deflect a fucking kick and breaks his ankle. <laughs> He's got to overcome his weakness. He's got to become the hero. Yeah, he finally understands how to fight. It's like that fucking, like, go sweep the leg moment from fucking uh, Karate Kid. And he grabs his leg and just fucking cracks his ankle like a badass. And then just proceeds to beat the shit out of him. It's awesome. I really like the then fight, he's like, though. It was, like, really cool. I mean... He kind of played off of Driscoll's, like, macho ego thing by throwing the gun down. It was like, we got a fist fight, bro. And it, it, it kind of was, like, really sad to watch because it, it is two dudes fighting. But you can see the skill difference. <laughs> yeah, and Driscoll fucking wipes the floor with him. <laughs> yeah. And it's, like, it's at that point when Driscoll seems to stop taking the fight so seriously and is just kind of, like, doing whatever and and kicking Spencer, and that's how Spencer gets the upper hand on him. It's so weird. Big bad guy so monologue moment. Typical. Yeah. He has the longest monologue ever, and he's like, there is no justice, and I'm going to walk these fucking streets forever. And then right as he says forever is when Spencer catches his foot. I was like, of course. You ain't walking, this brother. This is going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I'm gonna make a citizen's arrest. And then literally the only people who he leaves for these FBI agents are those three people. Where are the rest of them? Where are these machete toting motherfuckers? They forgot their machetes nowhere. <laughs> Like, they just let them all go. Like, Hawk was like, I know that fat one I let go because he kind of looked like the Michelin man, and I think he's cute. But all of the rest <laughs> of you, I guess you can go to. Whatever. That's cool. That doesn't matter. It's fine. Man. So fucking weird. And then he just, like, leaves everything for the FBI agents. It's like, whatever. Okay. So... Then uh, we get a scene where Terrence Graham is cleared of everything and receives a proper burial. And I said, uh, why is Hawk in the hospital? Nothing happened to him. Like they have that scene that where like so Spencer's funny. yeah, Spencer's in the hospital and Pearl's on his bed. And then he looks over and sees Hawk. And I'm like, why is Hawk there? He literally just whooped ass. He didn't even get hit. Why do you have a dog in the emergency room? Yeah, it is kind of weird that they let Pearl be there. That was a little odd. I was like, I don't think they let dogs in hospitals. The snazzy ex-girlfriend okay. or girlfriend had to bring the dog in. Here, I snuck him in my bag. <laughs> <laughs> wow, your Boston accent's fucking glorious. Hey, I'm walking yeah, over here. Sounds... I brought you a dog in a bag. <laughs> it's just as good as anybody's that's actually in this fucking movie, so... <laughs> It's fine. Uh, so then we get Spencer, Hawk, Henry, and Sissy all go to lunch. And then I have in here, does Henry only eat fucking hot dogs? Because he's still eating hot dogs. They're all eating lobster and Henry's <laughs> eating hot dogs. They're raw too. If you look at them, they're still like blocky. Yeah. They don't even look cooked. They're just raw hot dogs bathed in the most fucking mustard I've ever seen on a hot dog. And I'm like, you just had to get a hot dog in here? Why Why does he only eat hot dogs? It's his personality he trait, was like, Vaughn. I lived on a boat with lobsters. Don't want to eat them lobsters. That was so weird. <laughs> this is so funny. And then she just sits there. Sissy is like talking just with her mouth full the whole time. Typical Boston no, people. What's no, wrong that was just her Boston Bostons? accent. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't have any food in her mouth, it turns out. Uh, so then we get a little scene where Spencer's looking at the TV. He sees a guy. This guy says he didn't do it. And apparently Spencer's just like, I went to high school with him. There's no way this guy did it. And boom, we get the ending. There's definitely a lead into a possible sequel, but I would rather kill myself than watch the sequel to this. I also skipped, uh, I didn't get the scene in here when we actually get this point where like it shows that, uh, Driscoll, these cops, um, the, the Charlie guy, whatever tracksuit Charlie, they are the ones who killed Boylan, but they have a fucking conversation before they kill him. And just to make sure that it seems like Driscoll's a really bad guy, he says, this is my favorite part before he kills Boylan, or he says something along those lines. I was like, yeah. I fucking hate this so much. It's like, you were right. It bothered me. <laughs> it was terrible. I, don't, I just hated the fact that Driscoll had to be the bad guy. It was like they wanted him to be the bad guy so badly, but he just wasn't a good one. He just wasn't. Like, I, I was not scared about him at all during the entire thing. He wasn't menacing or anything. I honestly didn't find any of these villains actually, like, they were real villains. I was just Bo like, okay, whatever. Boyle felt like a real villain, though. I, 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 Boylan? Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah. 
I think so. Yeah, Hopefully I guess he's the else. only one who seemed like a dickhead. Other than that one fucking cop that was being a straight-up cuck, just Boylan and that cop seemed like dickheads. The rest of them were just like, yeah, I guess I'm a criminal. Yeah, they seemed like they kind of just what? ran with it. I found this suitcase of money. Probably should just take it. While the other guys were like, I actively went and stole the suitcase because I know what's in it. Yeah, it's so weird. Okay, so... Now that we've given you guys the plot of this movie, we are going to rank this movie. This is a definitive top 10 list. So how do you guys feel about this? Where do you think we should put this on a top 10? I mean, some people would like start at number one and then move it down. Do we think it deserves at all to be like in a number one spot for this movie? I think it's probably like a nine or 10. <laughs> Gonna be <laughs> fair. It's the bottom. It's yeah. For it's now. Be that I mean, the, the, I mean, the list yeah, is the movies fluid. that we have kind of in our head of the ones we're going to do, I would definitely say that this is probably going to be the worst. <laughs> well, this is the season of Mark Wahlberg, and uh, I love Mark Wahlberg, but this was just hideous. Mark it was Wahlberg. so bad. We could watch Transformers <laughs> Extinction, and I'm pretty sure that that would be a better movie. Than if this didn't Con, have Hawk in it, I wouldn't even put it on the top ten. <laughs> The definitive top 10 Mark Wahlberg movies. <laughs> and just to let you guys know, they can be knocked off the list, but that's something we will cover later. So, we've got top 10. Chase says 9 or 10. What do you say, Avery? I got to put it around maybe 8-ish. 8-ish? You said you liked this movie and you're going to put it in 8? Well, I did like it. I really liked it. I enjoyed it because, like, at parts where it felt like it was slowing down, boom, action. And but it was just so cliche. You already knew the ending before you like finished twenty minutes of this movie. I honestly I I wasn't impressed with a lot of the action in this movie. I didn't think it was that good. It was just like I mean, like Hawk says, like Spencer's just constantly getting his ass kicked. Like sometimes he kicks some ass, but most of the time he just gets his ass kicked. And it's so weird. I don't, I don't really know. I didn't find the, the other than like Hawk fighting, I didn't find the fight scenes that interesting. Other than that first scene where he kicks that dude in the nuts and fucking smashes that dude's head on a table. I was like, that was pretty dope. I'll yeah. admit, that was cool. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I would probably put this around nine or 10. So should we put it at nine or should we put it death last at 10? What do you guys think? I guess nine and a half. Rules. <laughs> nine and a half so we're gonna go with nine this is nine just in case we have a shittier movie i guess <laughs> <laughs> fucking nine and a half <laughs> so this is our first ever episode of thick of it uh this is our media review podcast the next episode we will be doing the uh the other guys it's got mark Wahlberg. it's got freaking will ferrell i'm super excited for that one that one's going to be like easily a top five movie, I swear. That's a great movie. Top I'm five actually all time, excited. Maybe. Will's Ferrell's I'm, back I'm, probably hurts from carrying that movie. <laughs> <laughs> You're so dumb. Mark Wahlberg is so good in that movie, but we will talk about that next week. Uh, that's it for this episode. Do you guys want to shout out anything? Are you guys going to work on anything? You want to shout out your Twitter handles or anything like that? No. I mean, shout out to the show's Twitter handle, for sure. But all our Twitter handles are in the bio of the Twitter handle of the show, so. There you go. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, oh, shit. I forget wait, what the Twitter handle of the show actually is. Let me look real quick. Let me look. Well, if they follow any one of us, they should 
find the Twitter handle eventually. It is uh, at T-T-O-I podcast underscore. God, so, I hate that we had to do that. That's what we're at, you know. <laughs> that's where we are. Okay. That's the T-T- end of this episode. O-I. Make sure you guys turn in uh turn in tune in for the next episode where we review the other guys and we will see you guys next week. Wow.